Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Human suffering Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. You thought your episode was hot, but this episode is hot, hot, hot! I'm Andy. Well, sure, the plane crash was harrowing, but now we can turn the escape chute into a slip and slide. I'm Sean. Well, yeah, I'm conserving fluids. I'm spitting in the can. I'm Adam. Bat blood. It'll quench ya. I'm Kelly. And this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, in a follow-up to our Extreme Cold episode, we're going to be talking about extreme heat. Thank you for, thank you for deifying me like this. <laughs> oh, I'm extremely hot. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get to my Extremely Mild Weather episode. <laughs> That's my episode. <laughs> Mildest. Very tepid. Etymology of heat goes back to Proto-Germanic Heita. Heita. Scheiße. Which meant heat. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about a, a lot about deserts today because uh, they're hot. And desert goes back to the Latin desertum. <laughs> I hardly knew him. <laughs> <laughs> Which means thing abandoned. The desert is abandoned? That's Generally. what desert meant in Latin. We really should. <laughs> Says who? I, okay, it's too hot there. In it. We are living in a desert. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> We won't be talking about your desert. It's too cold for my episode. <laughs> the fear of hot weather is aestophobia. Siestophobia. <laughs> which is from aestos, which is Latin for hot weather. Hmm. That's a quick way of saying hot weather. And uh, this is a fear that varies from people who are afraid of being too hot to people who are convinced that it's going to get too hot and everything will melt and everyone will die. Oh. <laughs> everything? <laughs> everything. They're just, they think everything is in uh, Calvin, so. <laughs> really shouldn't tell them about the heat death of the universe theory. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our acid pop quiz. Starting with some true or false Workers in 90 degree Fahrenheit temperatures, that's uh, 32 degrees Celsius, have a 300% decrease in accuracy. Wow. I'm going to say true, just based on having worked in 90 degree plus weather. And made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I lost several gloves. Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. That sounds too high to me. I'm going to say false. According to NASA, this is true. Well... What do they know? They're in space. It's cold out there. <laughs> hey, wait. And at 95 degrees or 35 degrees Celsius, it's 700%. Wow. <sighs> the thing I read was, it was sort of a summary of this study, and it was seemed to be talking specifically, as far as I could tell, the study was in like plants. So not like growing plants, but like construction plants. <laughs> oh, say so like oh. plants make mistakes. They grow flowers <laughs> underground and the roots shoot up. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Working on an assembly line. Keep your workers cool. True or false? To keep your car from getting too hot, crack a window. I mean, that's what uh, I do. Yeah. I don't see how that could hurt, so say, I'll say true. I'm going to say false. But it it lets the hotter air out. That's the whole yeah. thing is when you keep it closed, like it just becomes like a, a closed oven, right? With the window open, it's like a big tea kettle. Yeah. Dude. I'm, yeah, you, you definitely crack it. Andy's got it. This what? is false. What? Impossible. The effect of cracking a window is pretty much negligible, and in the short term, it can actually be worse. I think we're talking about when we're not moving, boys. Yeah. yeah. What I, I, I crack it when I leave it in like a parking lot. Oh, no. Yeah, I parked a car. Yeah, and it makes it worse. What? It lets what little cold air you have out. Oh, but cold air falls. That, this is what the studies <laughs> show. Your car gets hotter if you crack the window. And eventually it does cool down more, but the, like I said, the effect is negligible. 
eventually. Listen here, you scientists. <laughs> what, what if I was running the heater before I stopped my car? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you might have something. Yay! <laughs> and this is cracking the window. If you're leaving your windows fully open, that's a different situation. But if I crack my window more than just an inch, somebody's going to come and take my car. <laughs> it is a nice car. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, I Got said it with a straight car. face. True or false, left in the sun, a car's temperature can increase 25 degrees Fahrenheit in an hour. I'm going to say false. I think it's more. I think it's faster. That, that seems too hot. I'm going to say false. Well, it is false, but those who said more were correct. Ugh. It's 40 degrees. What? In other words, if it's 70 degrees outside or 21 Celsius, your car can get to 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 Celsius in an hour. Jesus. That's why I have all black leather in my car. <laughs> Public service announcement here. About 39 kids under 15 die each year of heat stroke after being left in a car. They heat up fast. The kids and the car. <laughs> Things you shouldn't leave in cars. Money, kids, pets. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Dippin' Dots. I almost picked up Dippin' Dots today. <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same page. I just left him in the car. Ah, now it's well, just... I said we shouldn't pick him up because I didn't think they'd survive the car ride home, let alone just sitting in a car. <laughs> in 2018, a record 53 kids died wow. of being left in cars. And uh, Stupid global warming. <laughs> yeah. Last year was slightly better at 52. Stop. Way to keep those numbers down, everyone. <laughs> I mean, Anyone want, want to guess which state has the greatest number of deaths? Arizona. I'm going to guess Nevada and hope it's not. I mean, I feel like <laughs> the obvious answer is one of the hot states, but maybe people would be less likely to do it if their state was like deceptively not so Wisconsin. hot. Wisconsin. <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> California. It is Texas. Oh, yeah. I, I see. It was between Texas and Nevada for me. So, But nobody lives in Nevada, and it's not that hot. Yeah. Anyone want to guess a state other than Alaska mm. with no deaths since 1998? Hawaii. It's the sunshine state. The sunshine state, sure, I say. I thought sunshine state, you asshole. <laughs> Who let him in here? You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Michigan. Hmm. What's the cloudiest state? Washington. Seattle. Washington. Andy, are you going with Hawaii? Yeah. Okay. The answers are New Hampshire and Vermont. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. It sounds like if we don't want our kids to die, we should just not crack the windows. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there you exactly. go. Seal them up. <laughs> well, the problem is about half these kids were forgotten in the car. So <laughs> How did I get here? Did I drive? No, I jogged. <laughs> it's worth noting that in most cases, these kids who were forgotten, it's, it's not really a matter of negligence. It's your brain malfunctioning. When you're sleep deprived and stressed and there's an interruption in your routine, you kind of go on autopilot and you just don't notice the thing you didn't do. <sighs> and I do have a child. If you've ever taken the wrong exit because it's the exit you usually take... That's the same sort of habit following that leads to these kids dying. Except that I, when I take the wrong exit, I just have to take a different road. Yeah, and then two children die. <laughs> when I take the wrong exit, usually I run over two children. <laughs> Every time. It's wild. I've just tried to break my habit of stopping at the store on the way home and leaving my car running with the heater on. <laughs> I don't want to be all cold when I get back. Mm -mm. I mean, you can do that. You just have to unstrap the baby and bring her in and... If you have darker skin, you don't need screen sunscreen. True or false? False. False. Yes, yeah, I think that's false. You, you can stand withstand more of it, I think. <laughs> You've got it. This is false, although it's a pretty common misconception. Really? Um, yeah. People with darker skin are at a lower risk for skin cancer, but they can totally still get it. Yeah. And because it's often detected later, thanks to racist medical training, it's more likely to be deadly. <laughs> Thank you, medical training. <laughs> Thank you. Have you noticed any training. dark spots on your... Oh. <laughs> We're going to move on to our short answer here. How many sunburns do you need to get to increase your risk of, sun can of skin cancer by please, 50%? Please don't tell me this. One. Seven. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just every second of every day. <laughs> every time I'm exposed to the sun, it goes up 50%. <laughs> when you drive under like a bunch of trees and it just flashes in and out, you're like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> this is why Adam lives in a dark basement with all the windows covered. Nosferatu is what we call him. <laughs> I shun the light. Sean's got it on the nose. It is one. Yeah. Damn it. So that's comforting. <laughs> but does so it what? keep going up every one no. or is it just the first one? Uh, it does continue to increase, but it's not 50% with every I mean, but to what burn. measure? Like, I've had more than two sunburns. Am I already at 100%? <laughs> I mean, I've had sunburns so bad that the blisters. Yeah, I've had like second degree sunburns. We will have a story section, my friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where have the highest temperatures on Earth been recorded, and what were they? And where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> I, I almost want to say Death Valley. Oh, that's what I was going to say. But what were they? Give me a ballpark. Uh, okay, I'm going to say Death Valley 136 degrees. I actually, I think I heard that it was somewhere in India. I don't remember where. And it was like 128. I still Death Valley. I'm still using Death Valley. You, I said it first. It's mine still. Uh, 120 in Death Valley. All right. The answer is Death Valley. Shit. Nice. I guess Andy's closer, but Adam's the closest without going over. Shit. It's 134 degrees Ooh. Fahrenheit or 56.7 degrees Celsius. Cooler by the oh. non-existent lake. <laughs> I'll remind our listeners that in our food poisoning episode, we recommended heating food to 140 degrees to make sure it was cooked enough to eat. <laughs> Okay. that That's beef. Chicken, 160. Yeah, if I go hang out in Death Valley, I'll almost be safe enough to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's eat Adam. Average summer temperatures in Death Valley are 47 degrees Celsius or 116 degrees Fahrenheit. It's possible it got hotter in Libya, uh, but apparently they were stripped of their title because the measurements couldn't be confirmed as accurate. Uh, so All the thermometers we'll, broke. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> they popped. <laughs> What is the hottest occupied place on Earth? Australia. Hmm, that does seem plausible. I'm just going to double down on Death Valley. I don't think people live there, though. It's called Death Valley. Well, I think it's a mm -hmm. national park. There's fish there. I know. I've seen them. <laughs> Do you like Australia? I'll try. I'll go for India this time. Everything I Google says it's Dalal, Ethiopia. Mm. Oh, that also oh, makes Dalal sense. was the word in my head, but I thought Dalal was in... Uh... India. You were such a liar. Well, when I was saying the hottest temperature, I was like, Dalal, but that doesn't, I don't know what that is, so I'm just going to say India. <laughs> so this gets a little confusing, and it feels like it's it's sort of a horse race, so more, more than one of you might be right here. The temperatures in Dalal average 41 degrees Celsius or 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Like year-round? That's the average temperature for the year, as I understand wow. it, yes. Wow. But Native Americans of the Timbisha tribe live in Death Valley. Oh. oh, however, oh. well, <laughs> it gets hotter in Death Valley. It also gets colder. Um, oh. <laughs> so in the winter, Death Valley gets down to four Celsius or 40 Fahrenheit. And Dalal, Dalal stays at 30 Celsius or 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. You say 40? Yeah, it gets 40 Fahrenheit in Death Valley. Frigid 40 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> So the record low in Dalal is 21 degrees Celsius, or 7 degrees Fahrenheit. Jeez. Wow. My God, they must have had to have worn two windbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to show you guys some pictures of Dalal, but it turns out it's super hydrothermally active. Whoa. So That's cool. It all like the pictures I can find look bacteria. like this. <laughs> it's like the Skittles mines. <laughs> From what I understand, generally, if it's hydrothermal, that's bacteria. Mine the rainbow. <laughs> As I understand it, they have salt mines there. That's why they have people living there. Delicious. We don't have any terms today, so we're just going to move on. And we're going to start our stories with some desert survival tips. Oh, good. Drink your own pain. Yep. Urine. It's top Step of the list. one, don't have diabetes. <laughs> Number one. Number your one. Your most... Precious water resource is your sweat. Oh, but it's got to be so salty. I didn't say to drink it. Oh. 
This is on basically every website I read about surviving in the heat. Basically, when people get lost in the desert, they understandably panic and start doing everything they can to find water. Mm -hmm. And water is important. Mm -hmm. Bonus tip, bring lots. But running around in the desert sun looking for water is going to make you sweat, and you're going to lose the water you do have already inside you. I'll just run around aimlessly. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be around here somewhere. Gotta go fast. (laughs) Maybe it's back at that first place I was. The best thing you can do is stay in the shade and look for water in the evening or at night. I thought you were just going to say look for water in that one particular spot of shade. (laughs) Maybe it'll rain. (laughs) Under this rock. Just scorpions. (laughs) Ow. The venom is... Well, it's nice at least. (sighs) Also to conserve moisture, they recommend not talking, smoking, or spitting. Okay, I don't have water, but I got smokes. (laughs) I got me a pack of smokes and some tobacco. (laughs) I know quitting's hard, but if you're lost in the desert, that's the time. You don't want to, like... Be, need, be needing a nicotine fix and be stranded in the <laughs> desert dehydrated without water. God, all I've got is a, is a carton of Marlboros and a handle of Jack. <laughs> Peach skull. <laughs> I don't know why just those two words together made you laugh like that. Because <laughs> I don't think of uh, chew as flavored and nasty. Oh, it, it is flavored. Many of them are. Oh, could you tell us your experience? Uh, I tried, what was it? It was like a citrus-y one once, because I was really bored on a Rev Watch or something. <laughs> I was bored, so well, no. I tried chalk. <laughs> I was curious. You know, it uh, it's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. Tip number two, if you have a car, stay with it. Oh, yeah, okay. What if People tend to <laughs> go wandering off looking for help, but your car has most of the things you'll need to survive or signal for help. Unless it's hurtling towards a cliff. Be sure to signal. Cigarette light. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a cigarette lighter would be a heck of a thing at night. (laughs) And you can light all those cigarettes. Take my joke and (laughs) turn it into something useful. (laughs) Thank God I stayed with my car. Two packs a day. (laughs) Don't stop transporting marbles across the desert. And marbles in my mouth. So cars have mirrors you can use for signaling, batteries you can use to start fires, oil you can use to make those fires smoke, Mm. and remember to roll your windows down, they have shelter from the sun. You told us not to put the windows down because it would get hotter in the car. (laughs) All the way down. Don't crack the windows. Oh. Have there been any scientists that have found that line? Like, at 20% down, it's no longer helpful? I imagine there is. <laughs> Car scientists. You joke, but there are. His name is Peter Stormare, and he worked for Volkswagen. What? <laughs> Did he? You never saw those commercials? No. I don't remember those. Uh, that joke is dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will get it. <laughs> Tip number three keep your damn clothes on. <laughs> never! It's way too hot, Kelly. <laughs> remember the whole sunburn thing? The more you can cover, the better. What if. I take off all my clothes and make a small tent to make shade out of them. <laughs> You've got big clothes. <laughs> a tiny bit of shade. What if I make a parasol? <laughs> a nude man standing in the desert with a wonderful parasol. <laughs> made out of a car tail pipe and some windshield wipers. <laughs> Smoking a Marlboro. <laughs> Fuck you. This is awesome. I, I am desert survival. <laughs> <laughs> tip number four don't worry about food <laughs> you'll be well, long dead before yeah because you have a, a companion the you're gonna die long before of di- dehydration long before starvation sets in and eating hastens dehydration but <laughs> i'm hungry just be hungry who needs two arms anyway <laughs> what if i eat like gushers does that like offset the dehydration <laughs> I, was, I was smuggling marlboros <laughs> gushers <laughs> Tip number five, don't drink cactuses. Ah. What? Interesting. But that'll quench you. It's the quenchiest. (laughs) Nothing's quenchier. Unless you are literally dying of dehydration at that exact moment, (laughs) it's a losing game. They're poisonous, and they're going to give you diarrhea, and that's going to steal all your water. (laughs) So if you you see a helicopter on the horizon, and you don't think you're going to survive two minutes, drink a cactus. (laughs) 
Or if you think you might want to get high and then shit yourself to death. (laughs) I'm going out with a boom. Moving on, we now have a story that's going to exhibit exactly the wrong way to survive if you're stranded in a desert. Ah, it's good to have those negative examples. (laughs) This is usually referred to as the tragedy at Kufra. And the beginning of this one is kind of complicated and all about planes. And this isn't a planes episode. So I'm going to skip to the middle. Went like this. The trains and automobiles. In May of 1942, three planes carrying 12 members of the South American Air Force were forced to land in the Sahara Desert. Hmm. Should just say Sahara. Sahara means desert. They weren't. No, just say Sahara, Sahara. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, crew wasn't entirely sure where they were, but they were relatively certain they weren't far off course. No one else knew where they were either. Oh, okay. (laughs) So perhaps because they were so certain they'd be safe in no time, they made every possible bad decision. On their first day in the desert, they went through 20 gallons of water. Wow. What the hell? Not on earth. I'm so filthy after that crash. Pour me a bath. <laughs> hey, Gilligan, come fix me up a sand shower. <laughs> it was 110 degrees in the shade. Wow. Or 43 degrees Celsius. So they were a bit toasty, and I'm sure some nice, cool water sounded good going to be rescued so soon crack open that vodka my feet are dirty again <laughs> at that point they sort of realized that they had already gone through most of their water and decided to start rationing <laughs> the Uh-oh. remaining gallon <laughs> still by day three they were entirely out of water and they started drinking the oil from their sardines and the oh. juice from their tinned fruit <laughs> hey guys i think the kiddie pool on the first day was a bad idea <laughs> Didn't do very good rationing on day two if they were out on day three. So when they ran out of sardines and fruit, they made <laughs> a drink. very bad decision. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Worse. Can you drink sand? They broke open their compasses and drank the alcohol from oh. inside. That's Delicious. ethyl alcohol. Oh. Oh, they were full of alcohol. <laughs> now they're hot and blind in the I desert. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> to quote a diary we have of the adventure, broke compasses for alcohol. It's stimulating. Not so much heat as previous days, but one must have water. It's stimulating. <laughs> okay, Put that I, on I'd the box. Run, let's run back to the 40s and, and pitch something to Budweiser. Budweiser, it's stimulating. Oh, we're going to sell six packs of compasses and they'll say that on the side. <laughs> Drinking this stimulating alcohol turned out to be a bad decision. Uh-oh. By the next day, the first man was dead. Hmm. Why? He shot himself because of the pain in his stomach. Oh, <laughs> it's, alcohol. it's bad alcohol. Sardines and ethanol don't mix. I, I drank the magnetic needle. Is that bad? <laughs> I feel it spinning. <laughs> North is that way. I have to poop in this direction. <laughs> if you don't poop north to south, it's going to come out sideways. <laughs> Next, as a sandstorm kicked up, adding to the heat, the men had another wonderful idea. They got the fire extinguishers from their planes and sprayed themselves to cool down. What? I love CO2. This did cool them down temporarily, but it also caused their skin to erupt in blisters, which burst into open sores. <laughs> Which were just what they needed in a hot desert sandstorm. <laughs> and especially on hot skin, uh, I don't know what sort of. It had to have been a CO2 thing. But by cu- by spraying themselves with the fire extinguishers, it kept the shriekers from being able to see them. <laughs> yeah, and, and therefore Vin Diesel was able to. What? No, the graboids. <laughs> oh, I, I was thinking about the pitch black. Oh. Now, shriekers are the second stage of the graboids, remember? <laughs> yes, it's true. Before the ass blasters. Yes. By day five, our diarist writes, six of us left out of 12. No water. We expect to be all gone today. Death will be welcome. We went through hell. Yeah. (laughs) Setting up signs saying death welcome. (laughs) We went through hell after we set up our own swimming pool. (laughs) Another three died the next day and another two after that. The lone survivor and the guy who wrote the diary said, I don't want to drink blood. (laughs) was rescued seven days after the initial landing. Oh, he made it. Wow. 
in seven days, like, 11 out of 12 of these people died. Multiple of them from gunshot wounds. Oh, stop. It's from like, you hey, someone made- left a human shaped piece of beef jerky out here in the <laughs> desert. Now we're going to talk about someone who had a slightly better survival technique. Bear Grylls. I'm Bear Grylls. <laughs> this was Mauro Prosperi. Like the name. First, I'm going to have to give you a little background by telling you about the Marathon des Sibyls. Sibyls? That's a long word. It's the Marathon of the Sands. Oh. <laughs> Is that the thing in that movie with the horse? That's Hidalgo. I, yeah. no, no horses. Oh. In this exciting week-long endurance race, people run 155 miles, or 250 kilometers, Gross. across the Sahara. Oh. For reasons I can't even begin to understand. <laughs> For the chance I, to win 10 whole dollars. I especially do not like that. I will say the money goes to charity, so that's good. Oh. No, if I'm going to run a <laughs> Sahara, the money goes to me. No, the money I'm going to need some charity. No, you pay to do it. <laughs> For the honor. Competitors have to carry all their own food and other such supplies. The water is supplied each morning at the checkpoints. Hmm. Because water is heavy. So you don't want to carry a whole week's worth. Race organizers say it's essential to toughen your feet starting six months in advance of the race. Can you not bring shoes? <laughs> no, you can you bring sh- shoes. Oh. But it's not enough. <laughs> also learn to safely drain and clean blisters. Oh. oh, and wear shoes two sizes too large because your feet are going to swell in the heat. Oh, oh good. Yay. Hooray. Yeah, the blisters are going to fill that extra space. <laughs> I'm going to look like a fucking clown. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of clowns running through the desert. Oh, oh. oh no. That, I'm that's so a- parched. Spray me with your flower. <laughs> and the hugging is the blister straining. <laughs> You got to make sure those shoes are f- well made and firmly stitched because glue will melt. Oh god. We're talking as hot as 100 degree 20 120 degrees Fahrenheit or 49 degrees Celsius in this beautiful April race. April? <laughs> Can't we do it in May? <laughs> no, or December. So far only two people have died? Oh, that's so that's amazing. good. <laughs> but as I was saying, we're going to talk about someone who survived. Hmm. Uh, this Mauro Prosperi was 39 and an Olympic para-athlete when he took part in the marathon in 1994. I mean, he does athletics in the sky? <laughs> I don't <Yes>. think so. <laughs> he didn't. This was before the race got big. There were only about 80 participants, so it was easy to be alone despite being in a marathon. Now it's so many people, there's just like a snake of people going the whole way. Yeah, now the, the bandits and jackals have their pick of the litter. Yeah. <laughs> So, in a way, Morrow was a victim of his own success. Uh, he, he was running when many were walking and was out ahead of most of the competitors, which meant he was alone when the sandstorm started. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sean already made that joke. But, but we have to continue it, though. <laughs> you never know when a sandstorm might hit. <laughs> sandstorm. <laughs> so, the storm lasted eight hours. And he was forced to walk with the wind just to keep from being buried alive in it. That sounds like deep hurting. (laughs) Still, he was a relatively calm guy, so he took this well. (sighs) He figured he couldn't win, but he probably wasn't alone in his situation. He'd just get some sleep, get an early start the next day, and regain ground. He had a compass and a map. He was fine. (laughs) He woke up a dune. (laughs) Yeah. But the landscape entirely transformed during the storm, and he was much less on track than he realized. Woke up on Mars. <laughs> when he finally realized he was lost after another four hours of running. <laughs> Just running. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he was in a race. He was trying to catch up. <laughs> he immediately urinated in a water bottle, figuring your urine is at its most drinkable before you're dehydrated. Okay. Yeah, that's That seems right. He had his pack, so he figured he had all the things he was going to need. He had a knife, he had a sleeping bag, he had a week's worth of food. Except, remember the water? (laughs) That you only got at the checkpoints. So that's where he came up short. (laughs) And he didn't bring any, like, juicy apples or anything. (laughs) All his food was dehydrated. Oh, God. Like the man. Raisins, beef jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Prunes. (laughs) 
<laughs> After a couple days of wandering, sure he'd be rescued at any minute, he came to a Muslim shrine, which was completely abandoned, where he took shelter. He waited there, cooking food in his own urine. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> nope, never mind. <laughs> and for additional nutrition, he drank the blood of the bats that were hiding in the shrine. Oh, now he is vampire. <laughs> <laughs> or to quote him, I grabbed a handful of bats, cut their heads, and mushed up their insides with a knife, oh. then sucked them out. <laughs> I ate at least 20 of them, raw. <laughs> I figured it was no Rogers. less than they do. <laughs> they call me Michael Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Those were food bats, Morbius. <laughs> they would have done the same to me. <laughs> After he'd been in the shrine for about four days, living Aww. on bats and his own pee, <laughs> so gross. Two jobs left. <laughs> he started to lose hope. Need a sleeping bag out of guano. I was gonna say, take your shirt off, milk the guano. <laughs> <laughs> he saw an airplane flying overhead, and to get its attention, he decided to start a fire. He threw a rock at it, <laughs> but the only thing he had to burn and make enough smoke and fast was his own stuff like his beard <laughs> like his rucksack and his sleeping bag <laughs> just the plane did not see him oh, oh no should have just lit the bats on fire and threw them into the air like flare <laughs> send help <laughs> squeak squeak flop get out boy at that point poor morrow gave up and decided you know what a shrine's a pretty good place to die <laughs> Wrong religion, though. Straight to hell. <laughs> oh, whatever God this is. Well, his figuring was, if he was lost in the desert, it would take a lot longer for his wife to get his pension. But if he was in a shrine, people were bound to come by pretty soon. Mm. I guess so. And then she'd get the money she was owed. So he writes her a note with a piece of charcoal and slits his wrists. Oh, no. Why? Dear honey, I'm writing to you this note in bat blood. <laughs> But he's so dehydrated from the heat that his blood is too thick and he doesn't bleed out. <laughs> oh, God. Just sort of oozes out like molasses. <laughs> My dear wife. Oh, shit. This is jelly. <laughs> Any day now, this bloodletting will take me. I'm writing to you in Braille because I have to stack these letters from my blood. <laughs> let, let me just cart, let me just sculpt my situation for you. <laughs> if every single pump is a new scab. <laughs> Gross. Morrow figures if he can't die, he might as well live. <laughs> so he well, sets out time. again. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Try too hard, but hey. He wanders through the desert, catching lizards and drinking their blood. <laughs> Making a sleigh so the lizards can pull him. How'd you like to meet a bat? <laughs> After nine days lost in the desert, he finally finds a small settlement. He got lost in Morocco but was found in Algeria. Wow. Okay. He was 291 kilometers or 181 miles off course. Wow. He was done by me, Morocco Mole. <laughs> <laughs> he lost 16 kilograms or 35 pounds and weighed just 45 kilograms or 99 pounds when he was found. Wow. His eyes and liver were damaged, and for months he could only manage liquids. It <laughs> took him two years to recover. Wow. Jeebus. And three years before he tried that race again. No, four years before he tried the race again. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> He's run it twelve times. Oh, Jesus. Get out of get out of Earth. You always make sure to stop by and see the bats that raised him. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Dad. <laughs> and now I have a picture of him when he landed back home after his rescue. Bing. He looks gaunt, but surprisingly huh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he looks <laughs> he looks fine. He doesn't look all that sunbeaten either. Yeah. And he's surrounded by Lemmy and Jolly Uncle. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like a man who spent nine days living on lizard blood. That's <laughs> pretty impressive. I have a pretty distinct picture in my mind of what that would look like. <laughs> but he does have some incredibly sharp cheekbones there. He does. Like a model. So those are my stories. Ooh. Let's hear your stories about surviving in the extreme heat. <laughs> or not. I will say that the first time we ever went to Arizona, I, I was with Adam and Sean said, hey, you guys, we're going to fly you guys down. You're going to stay at my dad's house. We're going to have a great time. 
I'd never experienced that kind of heat. <laughs> and we yeah. stepped out of the airport and into the stove. Yeah. Yep. It's a different kind of heat down there. Yeah. Getting off the plane in Arizona is analogous to opening an oven. Like, it's just that same, like, woof. Yeah. It's awful. Kind of slaps you in the face. We were we were like, oh, Sean, you have a pool? He's like, everybody has a pool. It's necessary yeah. to survive. <laughs> and we we just went down to Arizona, what, like six months ago? Thereabouts, I guess. And it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could not go outside. It's so miserable all the time. We stepped into a shop that didn't have air conditioning, and everybody was like, okay, buy what you want and leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my worst story in Arizona was... Um, when I graduated from college, I was living with my dad, and my dad and stepmom were moving out of that house to go live in a new house, and I was going off to college. And so they had a bunch of movers coming to pack up boxes to go to the new house, but the house wasn't ready, so they were going into storage. So they were put in a giant like shipping container, and then I had all my boxes that were going to go to college. So we had put like big purple sticky notes that were like six inch square sticky notes that were bright purple on every side of every box that was going with me. And we told the movers, Hey, don't pack up any purple boxes. You know, and that's the rule. What? Yeah. So like we left them at it and came back and there were no boxes. <laughs> they were all in Crap. the container. We've been robbed. We had to get them out of the truck. Cause I was leaving like in a few days, like we couldn't unpack it. And so we go to the shipping container and open it up and it's been sitting out in the sun all day. So the, the sun is down, but it's easily like 140 degrees inside this shipping container. All the contents are technically a liquid at this point. And Sean's <laughs> collection of popcorn, no longer unpopped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for some reason, the movers put all of the boxes at the back and all of the furniture at the front. So me and my dad were like, well, we probably don't need to unpack everything. We can just worm our way through the furniture and get the boxes out. And so we took this like crazy path where it was like up over a bookcase, across a series of couches, down through a table, and then we could get to the boxes. That sounds exactly like both you and your father who are both climbing snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so then we found the boxes, but they were so wedged in there that we couldn't get them out. So we just like cut open the sides and just started like passing the stuff through. And this whole Here's your statue of, of, of Wolfwood. <laughs> <laughs> this whole process took a couple of hours, but it was so freaking hot in that box that every 10 or 15 minutes, we had to come out and run and jump fully clothed into the pool in the backyard. And <laughs> it's, it's pitch black, like it's nighttime now. And we would go back to the box and inside of 10 minutes, we'd be completely dry. And then we'd just have to run and jump in again. And it was just like, and we were also drinking water like nonstop. And it was like swimming in a pool with breaks to drink water and still feeling dehydrated. And it was just the worst. That's how you go through 20 gallons of rations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a terrible boss when I was a janitor who during the summer would decide, hey, it's nice out. And nice out meant 110. Yeah. We should go out and do some work. And she wouldn't let you bring your water, and she if you go went to apply sunscreen, she'd be like, "Okay, bitch." <laughs> like, no, I, I'm look, I'm better clock I'm out to do European, that, and I will die. <laughs> but I lost so many gloves working in the sun because she would not let you bring water. That eventually, I would just be like, "Have a faba." <laughs> Where did the gloves go? I don't know. I maybe I buried them with the shovels we were working with. <laughs> I think I drank them. Why were you burying shovels? Because I was insane. <laughs> it was hot, so Adam. Was like, hey, you don't have the upper body strength to just lop off tree limbs? No, you big bitch. Here, do it again. And then I separated a rib. She was like, oh, that's not my fault. Uh, the worst heat I was ever in was in the Persian Gulf. I assume. Uh, I remember the first the first deployment I was out there. There was a weird like series of events where, because my job at the time, I had to work outside a lot. Uh, so we we got to see all the goings on, but there was uh, there was like a weird amount of like crickets on the deck of the ship when we first got there, and they eventually went away. They think they got on there with like sandbags or something. Ah, uh, exploded uh, in the heat. Yeah the the cricket the the cricket plague went away and it was replaced <laughs> by a plague of flies. Oh, that's good. Um, and we were like, somewhere. I mean, we we're easily like twelve miles offshore, so we yeah. don't really know. 
why they were out there. Spontaneous was there maybe generation. a corpse somewhere around? <laughs> uh, the flies went away, and that was replaced by a plague of dragonflies. Wow. Which, again, were you perhaps in Sean's old bedroom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it was like on the exact opposite end of the earth. <laughs> sister city, Sean's bedroom. <laughs> the oil platforms in the Persian Gulf. <laughs> and then it was so hot at the time that the dragonflies, sometimes they would just drop dead in the middle of the, in the, middle of the sky. Well, that and can't uh, be other good. times, like, their brains would, like, boil. So you'd see them, like sputter and like run into things and bump into things and eventually just lose out <laughs> gremlin got him that's that 700 percent decrease in accuracy yeah. it was also so humid out there like every morning when you wake up to do more work on deck there'd be puddles of water everywhere and, a halo and it never rained from the corner of my four post bed yeah <laughs> we'd go out and do like work at two in the morning sometimes and you'd just be like soaked but none of it was, almost none of it was sweat. Like you yeah. wouldn't like stink afterwards. It was just <laughs> water in the air. <laughs> one time in particular, I remember one of the corpsmen coming out with a thermometer because he was like testing the heat index or something. And he said it was like 142 degree what? heat index. And he said, no, you guys probably shouldn't be working out here. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. God. They got to go back inside. <laughs> and then there'd be the people from combat that would come out like in parkas because it's kept so cold. Oh, <laughs> hey, you guys probably shouldn't be out here. Bye. And then on his boombox in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd skate away on his rollerblades and short shorts. <laughs> the awful sunburn stories. Oh, I. OK, so I got a sunburn. I enrolled my. Well, I didn't enroll. My mother in, enrolled me in golf camp huh? for a summer. Golf camp. Oh, golf camp. She wanted me to learn how to play golf. I did golf camp. Used to play a little golf. I didn't put on any sunscreen. (laughs) And I developed a sunburn so bad there was blisters. That's not the worst part. So I still wanted to be like a kid and have fun. And so (laughs) we went camping, but on the way there, we stopped at a McDonald's play place. Fun. Yeah, except there was a little girl in there that was a little rambunctious and wearing my white shirt, she oh God. jumped up on my shoulders and went pop, 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 like I was a uh, <laughs> bubble wrap, like I was bubble wrap. <laughs> and my white shirt turned yellow and red. Uh, uh, poor little uh, Andy. One of the worst sunburns I can remember getting was at Wild Waters here in town. Yeah. And like I had blisters, like mostly on my shoulders and neck. And shortly after, like maybe the day of or day after was my first plane ride. And it was a very uncomfortable plane ride. (laughs) (laughs) Pressurized blisters. Yep. I got one in Arizona, unsurprisingly, where I'm just mad about it because I was being so good. (sighs) We went tubing and I wore long shorts. So shorts that went down past my knees, a long sleeve shirt, and I covered myself in sunscreen and... My shins were in the water and the sunscreen washed off and I couldn't walk for two days. And because my legs never see the sun, I had these weird, like, psychedelic patterns on my legs from the (laughs) the tan lines for like four or five years. Far out. Uh, My worst sunburn was... I was living in Arizona with my dad and I was in high school and uh, he was doing this thing where it was like taking a bunch of kids out to the lake to do some fishing or something. And he asked me to just watch the stuff while he went and got some different stuff. So I'm just out at the lake waiting around and I was like, well, I guess I got nothing else to do. I'll work on a tan. And so I took off my shirt and I just sat in a chair and I was like, I'll just sit here for, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. And then I'll go back in the shade. But then I fell asleep. And then my dad shakes me awake and he's like, hey, how long have you been asleep? I'm like, I don't know. How long were you gone? He's like, about three hours. Uh, Sorry, kid. Oh, Jesus. You're dead now. (laughs) And I looked down and I was perfectly fine. And I was like, wow, that's great. No problem. And I was like, but I sure am hot and stinky. I'm going to go home and take a shower. And (laughs) I got in the shower and turned off the water and all of my skin fell off. Oh, God. (laughs) And for like... A week afterwards, I basically like once or twice a day, basically my entire chest would just slough off. Like I could just reach up and grab at my collarbones and just (laughs) peel down and I would just pull off my entire chest. Sounds like one of those like tarantulas shedding their skin. You can just like step out of his skin. Yeah, (laughs) it was so bad and it hurt so much. And 
I remember I like didn't have to work for a couple of days, but then I had to go back to work and like, I didn't have sick time or anything. So I was just like, well, I guess I got to go back to work. And so like I was at work and I had like my shoulders hunched forward to try and keep my shirt from touching my skin. And <laughs> I don't want to check out at the register with the burn monster. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way through my shift. And I'd been talking to people like, oh God, this sunburn is so awful. And somebody came up to me and was like, hey, man, I heard you had a sunburn. And he just oh, no. slaps oh, no. me on the chest. Fuck and you. Like, <laughs> he just like watches the color drain from my face. And like I had to leave so as not to kill this man. Like I was just like, I have to go. And I walked out. And then a couple hours later, I was off and I was getting out of my work shirt. And I just had a T-shirt on underneath. And I was, you know, just kind of undoing stuff. And that guy comes in. He's like, hey, man. I didn't know how bad that was. I'm really sorry. I didn't know. And I just like, hey, you know what? And I reached up under my shirt, pulled off my daily skin flesh, slapped it in his hand and said, don't worry about it. And I walked out. No skin off my back, so. says Sean. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was the worst sunburn I ever had. I'll give you a story. Working near Wild Island, as, Adam, uh, as Adam's story is has come from, I had a lady come in this summer. In her 40s or 50s, who I watch, she, she's talking like she's in a bathing suit, talking that she's been in the sun all this time, and then she peels off a bunch of skin from her shoulder to her boob, Ugh. balls it up, uh, and puts it in her mouth. No, I, what? I've heard of people that do that, but I don't understand. <laughs> and she, and I would just sit there going, uh, uh, sorry about it. <laughs> it was... It's almost as disgusting as the time a guy came up to me and had a big zit on his face that was constantly oozing pus. <laughs> he kept on slurping it up like, no. <laughs> Wrong episode, Andy. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. <laughs> but she then she was obviously sunburned and just like peeled. Munch, 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 munch. No, I'm a human snack time. factory. There was, there was another time I went to um, Warp Tour when it was in San Francisco. San Francisco. Y'all left me behind. It's all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to go either, Andy. I think it's unreasonable that I have to apologize every time I come over for that. <laughs> every time I say, hey, I never got to see Alkaline Trio play White Wedding. <laughs> but it was on a pier in San Francisco, and there was like no, there was no shade besides what structures they had built there. But I got such a sad, sad, a sad <laughs> sunburn. <laughs> my, it's still applicable. I got it like on my face and mostly my nose, and I went to work like... I don't know, sometime the following week and I was flipping my hat like in my hand and uh, I flipped it and kind of stepped into it and the bill of my hat like hit me straight down on the nose and the skin sort of like easily sort of sloughed away. <laughs> my nose fell off. <laughs> Adam's Mo Michael Jackson. Mokel Jackson. Mokel. <laughs> Mokel Juncture. I, I, I'm Mogul Jackson. Son. Bad. <laughs> Undead. That's what I've been trying to tell everyone. <laughs> That's why we moved to Seattle. Mm -hmm. No sun. They're the smart ones. No sun, only Corona. <laughs> anyway... If uh, that's all we have for stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? The answer's no. How much to run the Marathon of the Sands? Oh, God. There's not enough money in the world. <laughs> fudge, fudge. And no, you, I have to give that money away. <laughs> it's all going to charity. <laughs> no, this time you're, you're taking it away from the children. It's fine. <laughs> I'm taking it from Good, the charity. The children it's... don't deserve my, my Sahara money. Oh, God. I, there's no way I would survive that run. So it's a 155 miles, you said? Correct. And you, you get it takes a week? It takes a week. So you have to average a little better than 20 miles a day. <laughs> and there are set checkpoints. But if you don't make the checkpoint... <laughs> I actually think it's longer than that because I think there's a day of rest. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> just like... No, just like Jesus. For our Six Lord. Six days. That's 25 miles a day. So 25 miles a day through 110 degrees with no water, or at least as much water as I can carry for a day. Yeah. How much we charge it per mile, boys? Yeah. Just there's there's no way I could do this. I would definitely die. Yeah. A dollar a mile sounds reasonable. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> 20 bucks a day. Wow. I'm, I'm going to lose. Don't forget to toughen your feet. <laughs> I'm going to lose something important. It might be a foot. It might be my life, but it's going to be something valuable. What, what's the opposite of frostbite that causes you to lose fingers and toes? <laughs> I will say, 
people enter as teams so we could all go together and Yay. stick together. Oh, we'll we just... can chain die. <laughs> <laughs> so we just need to bring a palanquin and then one of us can take a break. That'll make things easier, I guess. <laughs> Sean is the God Emperor and we can carry him. Faster. <laughs> Gotta make 20 miles. <laughs> oh. I have a bunch of crystal light up here. It's wonderful. Oh, my pedometer says I've taken 500 steps today. <laughs> Isn't that right, pedometers? <laughs> Keep counting. <laughs> <laughs> Again, only two people have died. Yeah. Well, we got up to doing. six. But I'm willing to make it three. And a 16-year-old has completed this race. Okay, it's not a race. Yeah, but he's young. I'm old. <laughs> I think a 70-year-old has also completed this race. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but he's old, old and I'm young. <laughs> I think Kelly has all these demeaning facts just right at the ready. They have a website. A kid in a wheelchair did it last year, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Little Even tank with this one arm. Five million dollars. <sighs> no, not not enough. Sorry. Uh, ten. Ten million. Hmm. It's the foot toughening that gets to me. It's the idea of draining my blisters every night oh, in my extra large I shoes. No, I, I can tell you right now that I used to have foot problems where I'd have to drain blisters every night. It's not that bad. Plus, Andy's feet are so big, I don't know if he could find shoes that large. It's hey true. You'd have to get me some of them shack shoes. <laughs> I can barely walk in 120 degree <laughs> weather. They call them shushus. But if if we go, and with it's the, over the sand. Yeah, which also sounds miserable. That's one of the major problems for me. Is like strap yeah, on I, your I, tennis racket. I can probably probably walk twenty five miles a day. Probably not in the heat, and <sighs> definitely not on sand. But if you're so dig this, you're gonna have big shoes anyways. Just make them snowshoes, and then the yeah. sand isn't a problem. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I cracked it. Just bring skis. Does that count? That probably Snow skis. count. <laughs> Just ride a camel. There you go. <laughs> Just get those shoes with the little wheels on them. Or an airplane. <laughs> I, th- I think the wheelies would get immediately clogged. <laughs> uh, what numbers do we have so far? Five and ten million. I think I'll have to double that. I'm going to have to go 20 million. Oh. It's, I got to... The, the people that I leave behind are going to have to be well off that they won't have to work again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, no, you, you die in the race, too. I You brought me? We're, We're going as a team. We're chained together, remember? <laughs> yes, I know boss. I thought we were a dying chain, not that we were chained together. That's even worse. So when one of us dies, the rest of us are like, Ugh. the last person is dragging three other bodies. <laughs> They're the strongest of us. Now, should I chew off their three hands or my one hand? <laughs> well, I feel like I, I need to keep the pattern going and do 15 million. Yeah, might as well. I feel like I feel like if you try to chew off my hand, though, I'm very tough and sinuous. You're just no. closer to being jerky than the rest of us. <laughs> I'm already dehydrated. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for today. Thank you to the crew for joining me today. Thank you You're to welcome. our sizzling editor, Gerard. hey If you want more of us, look up Acid, at Acid Pop Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Contact us on our subreddit or email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. You can also support this podcast on Patreon and get some great perks. Thank you for joining us, and remember to stay out of the sun. Bye. Bye. See you. Hello! I mean, say something more like, in normal talking. <laughs> That's just how Andy normally talks. He just uh-huh. has his voice for the show. Please, Bob can't I think they're good. Oh, I think it looks pretty good. All right. I think we'll it looks a little good. small when I'm talking normally, but I'm just inadequate. <laughs> Your levels are plenty big, Adam. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to compliment you, so no comment. You're not allowed to? You told me not to. I did? Yeah. I don't remember that. It was a text. I sent you a nice text, and you said no nice text. I'm lifting the compliment, Ben. (laughs) Okay. You're wonderful. I'm putting it back down. I couldn't couldn't handle it. (laughs) At least I got one in.